0: Uh, Good morning. Good morning. morning. Happy Easter.
1: Happy Easter to you. Isn't it great to be in God's
0: house this morning? Yes, it is. Let's all stand together. Look in your bulletin. Look in your bulletin. You're going to see some words to some praise courses in your bulletin. We're going to go ahead and try to get started on on time. So uh, stand up if you're able. And look in your bulletin for the course, the words to these courses. We're going to sing a couple of courses this morning, and uh, we're just going to have fun, just celebrating Jesus today. Start off with the one that says He paid a debt. He paid a debt it should be the words in your bulletin. Okay, you guys ready? You ready to sing it out?
2: Let's do it. He paid a debt, he did not owe, I owed a debt, I could not
3: pay, I needed someone to wash
2: my sins away, and now I sing a brand new song, amazing grace, all day long, Christ Jesus paid a debt that I could never pay. Sing it again, ready? Ready? He paid a debt, he did not owe, I owed a debt, I could not pay, I needed someone to wash my sins away, and now I sing a brand new song, Amazing Grace, all day about those
0: instruments this morning. Let's give them a round of applause. Okay, let's sing this chorus through one more time. Ready? He
2: paid a debt He did not owe I owed a debt Jesus paid a debt that I could never pay.
0: Try to find the hand of about seven people, about seven people close to you, and tell them, He is risen. He is risen.
4: Okay. Ready?
0: I keep falling in love with you. Ready? I keep falling in love with him.
5: He is risen!
0: I keep falling in love with him.
5: And he's coming again! <laughs>
4: I
2: keep falling in love with him over and over and over and over again. I keep falling in love with him, over and over and over and over, and over again. He gets sweeter and sweeter and the days go by. Oh, what a love between my Lord and I! I keep falling in love with him. Words are in your bulletin. Let's sing it again. Ready? I keep falling in love with him, over and. Falling in love with him over and over and over and over over again
0: Okay, we'll go through it one more time. One more time.
2: I keep falling in love with him over and over and over and over again. I keep falling in. Falling in love with him over and over and over and over again. Great job.
1: Yeah, amen. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Yeah, well, half of you were awake. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Okay, here, now we got you. Father in heaven, we want to um, just thank you for this time that we get to meet together and for the fellowship that we share, for the music and the singers and the singing, Lord, and we just look forward to hearing your word, Lord, and we just pray that you'll bless it all. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your precious life, your horrific death, your resurrection, which gives us hope, your ascension, which gives us a picture, and your intercession which gives us access to your throne of grace lord god thank you for everything in jesus name
0: amen amen Amen. look in your hymnal number 358 358 in your hymnal because he lives it's a great day to celebrate the risen savior 358
2: Good morning just sing it out because he lives Oh Cause he
0: lives. Yeah. We're going to come back in on the course right here. Coming in on the course, if you're comfortable standing. Go ahead and stand again if you're comfortable. Let's just sing it out.
2: Because he lives, I I can can face tomorrow. tomorrow. Yes. Because he lives. One day.
0: Praise God, let's clap our hands, put our hands together, and let's go ahead and be seated. We're going to do the announcements, and uh, we're going to go ahead and invite the, invite the young people who have been practicing their music. We're going to go ahead and invite them to come on up and get ready right here, and we're going to let the choir go down, and we're going to get Pastor Steve to come up here and do the announcements.
1: Happy Easter, everyone. Yeah, it is Easter. Hey, listen, just very quickly, I want to say that uh, this next Wednesday night, I will be teaching Bible study and we're going to study about some prophecy and what's going on in the United States of America and the world. So if you're interested in that, you might want to come Wednesday, six o'clock for dinner, 645 for Bible study, and I guarantee it'll be interesting. Okay. Uh, also, Saturday mornings, you can in your bulletin, Pastor P. K. leads a men's Bible study, and then also Saturday morning, you can look at the dates. Uh, the women have their Bible study also. Uh, the scripture for today is a good one, and it says it's Philippians 3:7, it says, That I may know him and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings, being made comfortable unto his death. And now, Kathleen, you want to mention something about the woman's Bible study? <laughs> could have, would have, should have. You don't want to miss this. This is the last weekend. Saturday, we're having the women's conference. We're gonna have 80 ladies, 30 of them coming from this church. So you don't want to miss this and say, oh, I wish I would have come. Please come. I'm here to accept your $25. If you don't have it at the moment, that's fine. Just fill out a registration slip. Let me know you're coming. Okay, registration slips are out there. Tear it off, give it to me. Like I said, you don't want to be saying would've, should've, could've. You come and join with us, and thank you. Thanks, kids. That's awesome. That's what kids should be learning, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll have the guys come, and we'll take our offering, and then we'll dismiss the kids to their classes. Okay? Kids can go to their classes, and we'll have the... the uh, yeah, give them another, give them another hand. I wish we could all be that innocent, huh? Yeah, for sure. Well, re- really, you absolutely can. So, Father in heaven, thank you for... That was beautiful, Lord, and I'm sure that in, in your heart, you absolutely loved it. Father, we just pray that you'll bless this offering, that it might be used to the good of this community and the good of this church, Lord, and that we might be a, a light for you in this community. For we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Everything reorganized up here. Aren't those kids great? Yes. yes. Amen. I had a special for this morning, and they said, well, just do it right after the kids. And I said, no, nah, I don't want to follow that. <laughs> Got to have something in between. Been doing a study lately, a uh, short study, on a phrase that's in the Bible. Uh, it's the phrase, take up your cross. And so, you know, I, I read that phrase, and I thought, what, what does that really mean, you know, that we gotta carry around our baggage? And uh, you know, a lot of people think that that's what it means, take up your cross, carry around your baggage. Uh, you know, they, they might have a strained relationship or a thankless job or, you know, physical illness of some kind, and you'll hear people say, well, that's my cross I have to bear. uh, but I don't think that's what God means when he says take up your cross so back in those days the cross only meant one thing crucifixion that's what the cross meant Um, just a painful humiliating death so what does it mean when it says take up your cross in Matthew 16 24 Jesus said deny yourself take up your cross and follow me death to self, living for Jesus. That's what take up your cross means. I want to share with you this morning a song. The name of it is Take Up Your Cross.
2: Take up your cross and follow Jesus Take up your cross every day Don't be ashamed to say that you know Him Count the cost, then take Take up up your cross cross and follow him. What are you doing for the King? Have you really given everything for the one who gave his all for you? the Lord has saved your soul have you forgotten what you need to do take up your cross and follow Jesus take up your cross Every day Don't be ashamed To say that you know Him Just count the cost Then take up your cross And follow Him Oh, just take up your cross and follow Jesus. Oh, I want to follow Jesus. Take up your cross. Just take up your cross. Every day. Yes, every day. Don't be ashamed to say that you know. Then take up your cross and follow Him. Discount the cost. Then take up your cross and
3: follow Him.
0: Oh. Praise Jesus this morning.
2: Said I know sometimes That the road is long And I know sometimes You feel like you can't go on But won't you take up your cross And follow Jesus your cross, just take up your cross, every day, every day, don't be ashamed to say that you know Him, just count the cross, then take up your cross, and follow Him. Take up your problems cross and follow him
0: amen Amen. praise jesus give the lord a hand
1: he is risen so uh john didn't want to follow the children i not sure I want to follow that. <laughs> that was awesome, John. Just, wow. Just what a wonderful, wonderful day. While I go back and get my chair, if you have a cell phone, would you do me a favor and please turn it off? Uh, just this message that I'm going to give is important enough to where I don't want to get interrupted, okay? So if you would do that, that'd be great. Thank you, John. Sorry, man. I'm to take my, this is the only time you're going to see me in a nice jacket, so, uh, <laughs> somebody asked me if I was going to wear a tie, I said I don't own any. <laughs> Let's pray. So Father in heaven, oh man, thank you so much for this, beautiful day. The The music's just been incredible, Father. And we just pray that you'll bless those children that are learning about you and bless their teachers, Father. And and may we all, Lord God, learn to follow Jesus and, and learn to take up that cross, Lord God, and bear it happily and gladly. Yes, there are troubles that we face, Lord God, every day, but it's just not worthy to be compared to the glory that we, we will share when we see Jesus Christ face to face. We pray that you'll bless your word, Lord God, that you'll fill us with your Holy Spirit, that you'll fill this auditorium right now with your Holy Spirit, that you'll give us patience uh, to listen to your word and to uh, take it in and to do what it says. For we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, a lot of uh, pastors or teachers, they... um, on Easter Sunday, they want to talk about the resurrection, which is normal, and that's uh, that's something to be expected. And I thought about that today, but to, to be honest with you, I want to talk about all of Jesus' life, okay, everything. And so the first thing I'm going to read to you is out of John chapter 17, and this is what I'm going to read to you. You know, last week I... Uh, Told you that I hope that when we get to heaven, we'll actually get to see some type of a videotape or something of Jesus' life. I mean, I'd like to see everything that he went through. I'd like to see what he went through as a boy and a young toddler, and we don't have much evidence of that in our Bible. God didn't consider that to be something that we needed to know necessarily. But What I'd like to do today in this message is I would like to give you some information that you might be able to visualize the life of Jesus Christ. Because I think it's so important that we put ourselves in the the scene, in the scenario, because it really gives us a greater understanding of, of whatever we're studying. And in this case, it'll be the life of Jesus Christ. In John chapter... 17, in verse uh, 4, Jesus is praying. We don't see a lot of prayers in the Bible that Jesus prayed for himself. We just don't. It seems like he's always doing stuff for other people, huh? He's always ministering to others. But here we see we see a glimpse into what Jesus' uh, thought pattern was. And let me read it to you. It says this. It says... I have brought you glory. He's speaking to his Father here. He says, I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Now this is very interesting because he hadn't been to the cross yet. He hadn't said it's finished. But yet he's praying to the Father here. He says, I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. In God's eyes and in Jesus' eyes, He was so resolved to go to the cross for us that He said it in the past tense. I am so resolved to to do God's plan and God's will for my life that I'm going to say I have completed it. I have completed the plan. And yet He still had uh, part of it to go. He says this, and this is what I want you to... To think about he says and now father he says glorify me in your presence with the glory i had with you before the world began think about that for just a minute glorify me in your presence didn't say among the the other people there in your presence i want to be glorified with the glory that i had with you before the world began. Jesus Christ, as the Christ, as the Word of God, had glory before the world began. And it's interesting because we see some of that glory in the Old Testament. We see it in the Garden of Eden, when when the Christ walked with Adam, and he talked with Adam. We see it uh, in Abraham's life, when he came with the two angels, and he said, I'm going to destroy Sodom because of the, the, the sinfulness of that time in that particular uh, city or cities. And uh, I'm going to save Lot and his family. So we see Christophanies or theophanies of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament, okay? And one day, I hope that God is going to tell us the whole story. He's going to show us the times that Christ came before he was born a human being and and affected the world and affected the people that he uh, ministered to and that he he uh, interacted with. But I really want to start at Jesus' birth here for just a minute. And the one thing I'm going to say is this we will probably go over a little. It was the children's fault, okay? (laughs) So, you know, Jesus spent three hours on the cross agonizing for us. I think that we can spend an extra 15 minutes agonizing hearing me, right? (laughs) Think about this. His mother Mary, she was probably only 15, 16 years old when the angel came to her and said, hey Mary, you are favored with God. You're going to have a a child God is going to come over you and he's going to cause you to be pregnant and you're going to have a child that's going to be called the Son of God the Savior of mankind and you're gonna call his name Jesus can you imagine what that felt like being a 15 16 year old woman I mean she wasn't married she was betrothed she was engaged to Joseph but think about what she went through. I mean, she was ostracized, humiliated. She was called a whore. She was uh, called an adulteress. She was called shameful for becoming pregnant before the consummation of her marriage to Joseph. I mean, think about what she went through as a young woman. And yet, you know what? She said, nevertheless, whatever you want me to do, I'll do. Whatever God wants, I'll do. Her faith was tested severely. Go with Joseph. Here's a guy that was engaged to marry this young woman. He was probably, you know, a fairly young person himself. I'm gonna say probably in his certainly late middle to late twenties. And um, he was humiliated. Mary was pregnant. They hadn't had any relations yet. He felt betrayed and he was cornered. He loved Mary. And yet, his faith was tested very severely, wasn't it? And look at Jesus when he was born. I mean, he wasn't born in a mansion. Wasn't born in a hotel. He was born in a room with animals. The very animals that he had created. Wow. I mean, he was born with animals. And... Uh, there was no room, the innkeeper said. There was no room at the inn. How much room do you have for Jesus Christ in your heart? That's my question. That's one of my questions to you and to me. Do we have room for Jesus Christ in our hearts? Is there no room at the inn? Well, Jesus even said in Matthew chapter 8, He says, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head." So here at Jesus' birth, he's laying his head with animals, and here at age somewhere around 30, 31, he had no place to call home. It says in the 11th chapter of Hebrews, it says that Abraham lived in tents, because he was looking for a better place. It says that Moses rejected the riches of Egypt because he chose to to suffer with God's people. That's just amazing. Joseph and Mary are advised by an angel to take Jesus to Egypt and to flee from where they were because Herod, on hearing that a king would be born, decided to have all of the males, two years old and under, murdered. So, Jesus and Mary took this little baby to Egypt and uh, and to escape the persecution that would come their way. Before that, it's interesting, they took Jesus at eight days old into the temple to be circumcised. That's what the Mosaic Law uh, said to do. In fact, it's interesting, because the medical community have determined that eight days after a child is born is the perfect time for circumcision because of the blood clotting ability, etc. Isn't that something? And here it's in God's word, you take him eight days. God man. They took him into the temple, had him circumcised, and there was a prophetess, a woman, that had been widowed for many, many years, and she saw Jesus and she says, Oh my goodness. I have lived to see the Savior. And there was another fellow named Simeon. And he had been in the temple. And he had prayed to the Lord, Lord, don't let me die until I I see the Blessed One. And he came over to Joseph and Mary. Now put yourself in Joseph and Mary's place here, okay? And said, wow, Lord, I can go now because I have seen the Savior. Isn't that just great? As a young boy of 12, now we don't know much about Jesus' life before age 12. I assume that he lived a fairly normal life. The thing you have to remember about Jesus is because God is his father, he did not receive an old sin nature from uh, from an earthly father like we did. We were all, each one of us, born, inherited an old sin nature that started with Adam. It says in Romans chapter 5 that the sin came from one man, Adam, and death by sin. So death came from sin, and sin came from Adam. Thanks, Adam. (laughs) I'm not sure that any of us, given the same opportunity as Adam and Eve, would have done anything different. You know, we can look back and say, I wouldn't have taken that fruit. But who knows, maybe we would have... So we go from age, we go to age 12, and he's there in Jerusalem with his family, his extended family, and they're worshiping at the temple. It was some kind of a feast day, and the feast is over, and his family leaves, and his extended family, and they they go back to their homes in kind of a caravan. And three days into the caravan, his mother and father realize that Jesus isn't among any of the relatives. So think about this. You know, at 12, you're thinking, okay, where is this boy? You know, hopefully he hasn't gotten into trouble or something. So they go back to Jerusalem, to the temple, looking for him. They spent several days looking for him and finally found him in the temple talking with the teachers of the law and they were amazed at his knowledge and at his wisdom. You see, Joseph and Mary had taught Jesus Christ God's Word. Now this is interesting because the Christ is God's Word, isn't he? He is God's Word, but yet as a young boy, he had to learn what he was. He had to learn God's Word. I'm going to read something to you in John chapter 1 and... I think you'll find it interesting. You're welcome to turn there if you want to. John chapter 1, and I'll be in verse 1. And here's what it says John 1 1. It says, In the beginning was the Word. Now, this is an interesting phrase in the Greek because it's, this could be translated in the beginning, which was no beginning. Are you with me on this? God had no beginning. So when was the beginning? Was it when the world was created? Was it before that? We really don't know what he was referring to. In the beginning was the Word, which was no beginning. He says, And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, which was no beginning. So Jesus Christ is the Word of God. The Christ... Is the Word. It says, through Him, through the Christ, through the Word of God, all things were made. Without Him, nothing was made that has been made. Now, think about this for just a minute. A lot of people have trouble with the fact that Jesus Christ is God. Okay? A lot of your cultish religions have trouble with that. But think about this for just a minute if you can picture this. Right now I'm speaking to you words out of my mouth. They're my words. They belong to me. When I quote from the Bible, I'm speaking God's words, aren't I? They belong to God. God's word, it says in John chapter 1, verse 14, God's word that was spoken became a human being. It was miraculous. We read about Mary, we talked about Mary, and God said, you're going to have the Son of God, and it's going to be a miracle. And she was afraid, and the angel said, don't be afraid. Joseph was afraid, and the angel said to Joseph in a dream, don't be afraid. So we see here, that in John chapter one, that Jesus Christ, as the word of God, created everything that we see. Think about that creation. Do you know that our universe is one of the smaller universes in the universe? I mean, that's, and, I mean, it's like looking into a, a big culvert and seeing the end, and it's just one little black hole, and you, that's all you can see. We don't understand that. But Jesus Christ... As the Word of God created everything. And He created it by speaking it into existence. He spoke it and it happened. Now when I create something, i got to have something to create something by. Right? A piece of wood or a piece of steel or something like that. Something is already created. I've got to work with that. God didn't work with that. God just said, let there be stars and there were stars. Let there be seas, and there were seas, let there be flowers living, and there were living flowers, let there be a human being named Adam, and he created him out of the dust of the earth. I wish my parents would have named me, named me Dusty. That'd be <laughs> Dusty. That would have be been good. Dusty, that would have been a good one, huh? I named my son Clay, so that's close. <laughs> right? It says, he was in the world, verse 10, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. That's sad. He came to that which was his own humanity, but his own humanity did not receive him. Now listen to this next phrase. It says, yet to all who received him. Now I'm assuming that's the most of us, hopefully the all of us. To all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Wow. When you receive Jesus Christ as your savior and you believe he is who he is, you gain the right to become a child of God. And that right is something that no one can take away from you. No one. How important is that? How important is that right? How valuable is that right? Let's put it that way. What would you trade for that? Would you trade your own soul for it? No. Of course not. Well, so we, we go from age 12 to age 30. He's christened for ministry by John the Baptist being baptized. He hears the Father's voice this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased, right? And so you're thinking, well, the next step is, you know, he's going he's gonna to build a nice building and start a church and, and he's going to put on some kind of fancy robe or something and, and talk people into becoming Christians, right? I don't know. No, that's not what happened. You know what happened? The Holy Spirit drove him into the desert, led him into the desert, Not for vacation. But to be tempted by Satan himself with every temptation that you and I would ever face in our entire lives. You know what he used? He used the word of God to overcome Satan's temptation. The same thing that we need to use to overcome Satan's temptations. He did it. And we can do it too. Well, three years of ministry, dealing with the devil, dealing with evil, unbelief, skepticism, the death of friends, loneliness, exhaustion, all knowing that his ultimate end would be to die a horrific death on the cross for us. That was the goal of his ministry. He would be abandoned by his closest friends as well as God. He would even scream for three hours on the cross, my God speaking to the Father, my God speaking to the Holy Spirit, why have you forsaken me? God could not look on the sin. Jesus Christ took every single sin of every single person that would ever be born on the face of this earth on himself. You know why? So that we wouldn't be judged for sin. You see, it's not about sin anymore. It's about what did you do with my son, Jesus Christ? That's what it's about. Did you believe in him? Did you trust in him? Did you rely upon him? Did you cling to him? Was there room at the end of your hearts for him? (sighs) The night before Jesus is arrested, actually on the same night, He has dinner with his friends. We call it the Last Supper. One of his closest friends is a devil, a hypocrite filled with evil. He's a thief, a backstabber, a traitor. After the dinner, he goes to the Garden of Gethsemane, which is a a short walk. And he goes with his disciples and just put yourself in the place. He asks his disciples, look, can you just hang with me? Can you just watch with me? Can you just be here with me? And you know what happened, don't you? They all fell asleep. It says that Jesus went about a stone's throw and he laid down on the ground and he prayed And he prayed and he prayed and he knew it was coming. Although he didn't know what it was going to be like, he just knew what was coming. You see, he had never been forsaken by his father before. He had never not had fellowship with God before. He did not know what that was going to be like. And the fear of the unknown is perhaps the worst fear of all, isn't it? It says that Jesus Christ himself said, I am stressed. To the point of death and the Bible tells us that he sweat great drops of blood this is a condition called hematidrosis okay and what this condition is it's a medical condition caused by great stress where the capillaries in your by your sweat glands they break the little blood vessels you've seen people with with blood vessels they break And when they break, the blood starts coming out of the sweat pores. What a sight that must have been. And what great stress that must have been. They leaked blood into his sweat pores, and this causes the sin to be very fragile and to bleed. Well, it would be nice if that was the end of the story. It would be nice if that's all he had to suffer, wouldn't it? But he was arrested. He was. Fingered by his close friend, Judas, who gave him a kiss. He's falsely accused. He testifies as God's son. He's found guilty of blasphemy. He's convicted and he's abused the religious leaders. The people who should have known better. Blindfolded him and slapped him across the face and said, Hey, prophet, tell me who slapped you. They pulled his beard. They beat him. They beat him with sticks. While he was blindfolded. And yet he didn't say a word. He knew what he was going to do. He's taken to Pilate. Pilate really doesn't want to have anything to do with him. So he sends him to Herod. Herod wants to see a miracle. And Jesus says, no, I don't think so, man. So Herod dresses him in a... Shoves a crown of thorns on his head. Dresses him in a king's robe. Scarlet robe sends him back to Pilate. And Pilate gives the people a choice. He says, look, I don't see anything wrong with this man. I don't find any, any uh, crime that he's committed. So I'm going to give you a choice. I'm going I'm to let you free Jesus, who says he's the king of the Jews, or Barabbas, which is a, a murderer and a thief and a revolutionary. You know what's interesting? The word Barabbas Bar means son of Abba means father Barabbas is the son of the father and he is going to be exchanged for the son of the heavenly father. The crowd under the inspiration of the religious leaders choose to crucify Jesus Christ and release Barabbas and that's exactly what happens. Jesus goes to the praetorium or, or wherever the soldiers were gathered and he's tied to a post and one of the soldiers takes a cat of nine tails, it's called a flagellum and it's a whip with a handle and it's got strands coming off of it with bone and glass and anything that can be embedded in the leather straps are embedded in He gets whipped. Most people die from that. Jesus couldn't die from that because he had to go to the cross. That was his mission. That was his goal. He couldn't die. Think about the willpower on Jesus' part. I would have died. You would have died. We wouldn't have made it. He made it. And when that soldier whips Jesus and those bone fragments Go into the flesh, and he pulls it back. It strips his back of the skin, so Jesus Christ's back was stripped, if you will, from the skin, and that caused severe bleeding. Uh, bleeding, and that is a a medical condition known as hypovolemic shock. Hypovolemic shock. Listen to this: it causes Jesus's heart to race. He's pumping blood, but because he's lost so much blood, he has a low volume of blood. He's dehydrated. In fact, it causes Jesus' kidneys to collapse because they can't produce urine because he's got he's to keep every bit of, of moisture and water in his body as he can. And that's the reason why on the cross he says, I am thirsty. He's given the cross... Not the whole cross. I don't believe it was the cross. That would have been too heavy. But he's given the crossbar. Because the stanchions were already there on the hill. They crucified thousands and thousands of people. So Jesus Christ carried this crossbar up the hill to a place called Calvary. Which is also known as the place of the skull. And there he's nailed with Roman nails. They're not round. They're square. And he's nailed through the wrists. He's nailed through the ankles to this cross. And he's on the cross from 12 noon to 3. And during that time, he is screaming, My God, my God, why have you left me? Why have you forsaken me? And yet, every single sin that you committed and that I committed was being put on him. Every single one. Now, I don't know about you, but I've probably committed hundreds of thousands of sins. Okay? Now if you think about that, think about how many people have lived on the face of the earth uh, from Adam to the end. Billions and billions and billions and billions. We've got approximately 7 billion people living on the face of the earth right now. Now multiply those people by the amount of sins they committed. And it's amazing that it took God Three hours to judge all those sins. Wow. His flogging was horrific. His bearing the cross was horrific. He's crucified. He's insulted. While he's on the cross. While he's on the cross, he's insulted. He's cursed. He's mocked. He's taunted. Save yourself. You saved others. Can't you save yourself? We see at that point that Jesus Christ dies. He's laid in a tomb. Ephesians chapter 4 says that he was sent to Hades. Hades is another word for hell, but it had two compartments. One compartment held the Old Testament saints that had died and the other, the believers. And the other compartment held the unbelievers. And it says in Ephesians chapter 4 that Jesus descended. He claimed the victory of the cross. It is finished. And He led the captives in a train, in a victory train, the Old Testament saints. Now, in Acts chapter... um, You can turn there if you want to. Acts chapter 1... I want to go through this with you just, and we're almost done. The writer of Acts says this, In my former book, Theophilus, he's writing to this guy named Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach. Did you know in one of the Gospels it says that if all the things that Jesus did while he was here on the face of the earth, all the books of the entire world could not hold the things that Jesus did. I want to know. I want a videotape. I want a DVD. When we get to heaven, I want to see it all. He says this, In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles, he had chosen. After his suffering... He showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. You know, in a court of law, it takes two witnesses to establish a fact. Well, we know for a fact that there was over 500 that saw Jesus Christ risen from the dead. It's a fact. He rose from the dead. In fact, the uh, powers that be, the Roman rulers and soldiers, they made up a story that his body had been stolen and he hadn't risen from the dead. And do you know that there are people that still hold to that story today? It's crazy. Unbelief goes so deep. It's so so sad to, 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 to see people who just simply don't or won't believe in Jesus Christ even though even though he paid the ransom price for each one of us, it's paid in full. You have to accept it. That's, that's the caveat here. Well, he says this After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, now that's interesting. We're going to get to eat in heaven. I'm liking that and all the calories will be taken out. That's even better. He says, on one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord... Are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? What the disciples didn't know was that there was going to be a 2,000 year period from the time of his resurrection until now. Whereby there was going to be millions and millions and millions of people brought into the family of God. They just didn't see that. They didn't know it. They didn't understand it. It says this, he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Almost done. Let me read something out of Luke 24 to you, okay? Luke 24 and I will be in verse 36, Luke 24, 36. This goes right along with the resurrection. It says this. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened. He's talking about the disciples here. Thinking they had seen a ghost. He said to them, Why are you troubled and why do doubts arise in your minds? You know... That statement that Jesus Christ made 2,000 years ago is just as evident today as it was then. Why? I'm going to repeat it to you, okay? Why are you troubled? And why do doubts rise in your mind? God has got you covered. God has got us covered, my friend. Yeah, bad things happen all the time, no doubt about it. But God's got us covered. He knows the end from the beginning. You can turn to the last page of the book of Revelation and you can find out what the last page says. And you know what it says? It says that the word of God is going to come back a second time and he is going to destroy his enemies by his words. He doesn't need tanks. He doesn't need atomic bombs. He doesn't need all this stuff. He just needs the word, which is exactly what we need. I'm going to finish up here. It says this. Why are you troubled and why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is myself. Touch and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still, listen. And while they still did not believe it, because of joy and amazement, he asked them, Do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. He said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. He told them, This is what is written the Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay here in the city until you have been clothed with power on high. Well, the last couple of scriptures in. Acts chapter 1 says this. And I love this, this portion. He says this. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently into the sky as he was going. I can just picture that. I just want to see that one last glimpse. You know? Is that it? I see it. No? They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood before, besides them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. That, my friends, is what we're waiting for. That's what we're waiting for. Yeah. And you know what? I don't think it's going to be long. I really don't. Pray with me, would you? Dear Father in heaven, Dear Father in heaven. please forgive me for my sins, please cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I believe that Jesus is the Savior. I have room in my heart. Please come in and have dinner with me. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor P.K. is going to come and bless us with a song. Um, (laughs) I feel the same way, trust me.
6: seemed like a great way to end the Easter service. I'm gonna start with the intro, and then we're gonna all sing together. You have a flyer in your, or you have the the words in your flyer. Goes like this. Our God reigns.
3: Our God reigns. Let's all stand. Our God. Reigns.
1: want to say it's just such a blessing to have all our visitors with us today and we want you to come back don't make us send Bruno and Guido out after you okay because we will this is what we do every every week we we sing to the Lord we have fellowship we hear the word of God and uh, then we go have lunch so God bless each one of you have a great Sunday and a great Easter and uh, we hope to see you again very soon either on Wednesday or Sunday God bless.